Hi friends, welcome to the Friends of France podcast. In this safe space, we are favored in each episode with the presence of an expert guest from different fields and specialties as we learn about their life journeys, their successes, possible regrets, and realizations, their work, why they do what they do, and even their life outside of work. In here, we tear down common myths and misinformation with up-to-date, evidence-based science and data simplified for anyone to digest. We don't shy away from topics that can sometimes be polarizing or taboo. We normalize the humanization of healthcare and its workers, and we promote the importance of self-care and safeguarding your mental health. Please keep in mind that the conversations in this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. They are not implied or intended to be a substitute for professional medical diagnosis, advice, or treatment. Please always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare providers regarding a medical condition. Are you ready? Let's go! Dr. Tiffany! Hi! Hello, thank you so much for joining me today. You're so welcome. Oh my gosh, it's such an honor, such such an honor. Dr. Tiffany Moon, you are a jack of all trades, like in the genie bottle, everything just summed in, right? You're a mom, you're a doctor, you're an assistant professor, and you're a CEO of two companies, and you make the funniest TED Talks ever. And I started this podcast series, I started a live series back in the start of the pandemic, and I thought, why don't we get the actual experts and specialists of the field to talk about their journeys? And the main goal is to humanize medicine, and I think you are a paradigm of that. If you could just please introduce yourself to everybody. Thank you so much. Okay. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Tiffany Moon. Like Chris said, I am an anesthesiologist, a mom, a CEO, a professor. I make the occasional TikTok and Instagram (laughs) just to keep things lighthearted and fun. Because like I say, you know, my job is not exactly fun. I'm putting to sleep a lot who have cancer or trauma and so when I get home or on my day off like I want to be fun and silly and not think about all those terrible things that I see all day and of course I have to talk about my candles my aromasthesia candles you for sending one to me I used it all up already <laughs> I sent you Xanax right yeah I, I got the Xanax my mom saw it and she stole it from me so <laughs> No, you have to get another one. I know, I have to get another one. She loved it. So thank you yeah. so much for that. Xanax candle is a fan favorite. It is, it is. I mean, it's just the crisp jasmine smell and I, I just love it. Yeah, and we collaborated in an AAPI Heritage Month post, I think a year ago for the Asian Care Unit, where you told us, you know, about your story growing up here as an Asian American. And I wanted to delve into that first. If you could relate to everybody quickly, your experiences as an Asian American, and how did it shape you to become a physician you are today? Because I know you started the medical school route quite early. Well, yes. (laughs) I immigrated to the United States from China when I was six years old. I didn't speak any English. My parents put me in first grade. I had to go to ESL. You know, all the kids were super mean and, you know, kids are mean sometimes. And, you know, I think being raised in an Asian household gave me the discipline to become who I am now because I learned that, you know, when I come home from school, it's time to do homework first. It's not time to play, you Mm -hmm. know? Parents just always instilled in me like the value of hard work and perseverance. And I saw them working their butts off and, you know, slaving away for us to have a good life. So I think they really instilled in me those principles. Yeah. And I think it's the same for like other countries in the world. But 
the medical journey is like so long. <laughs> you have your four years of undergrad, then four years of medical school, then the X amount of years of residency and fellowship that if you wanted to do, right? At the end of it all, now that you've been practicing for years now as an anesthesiologist, do you have any regrets pursuing this field that entails not only so much time, but so many sacrifices, right? So much money involved, so much, oh no, I can't go to that birthday party involved and all the emotional and physical toll. Is there any regrets at the end of it all? I don't have any regrets, but I do wish that perhaps I wouldn't have rushed through it. I started medical school. I was 19 years old. You know, so I was 23 when I graduated with my MD. And I was just so singularly focused on becoming a doctor and finally making my parents proud. I didn't really take a lot of classes in college that were non-medical. Like Mm -hmm. I take, you know, comparative religions or on class. Like Mm -hmm. I had all my prerequisites and study for the MCAT. I didn't have time for all that other stuff. It had a little bit more fun and Mm. very valid point, which is that a lot of us, not just in medicine, but also law and business, everything, Mm -hmm. we have to make sacrifices. You know, there's parties that I didn't go to, you know, just not even big parties, but just like small parties and hang because I had to study. You know, that's a sacrifice. So you have to decide if that's what you really want. But for me, it is what I really wanted. So it was worth it to me. But people who I think are going into medical school because their parents want them to, even though it's their true passion, that's a setup for failure and disappointment. Yeah, I mean, there's really many reasons why one could go into medicine, right? Like, if it's the money or the prestige involved or... Medicine for the money, (laughs) y'all. You heard it here first. <laughs> it, I mean, you're. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You'll have a good, comfortable life. Yeah. But if you think that you're gonna be like a bajillionaire, it, mm-hmm. it's not from practicing clinical medicine. I'll tell you mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you know, money and prestige and possibly fame as well. And many times, like you said, it's also we see lines of physicians in the family, right? And there's no other choice for some but medicine. I mean, I always tell the story of. There was this, uh, I think, fellow cardiologist in my hospital unit before, and he's always loved photography, but his father and his mother were physicians, and his grandparents were physicians, and their great-grandparents were physicians, and he was in cardiology, and he was saying how he finds it so sad how he calls the shots in people's hearts when his own heart is not in it. So... So sad. Yeah, right? So you heard it here from Dr. Moon first, right? It's not yeah. for the money. It's but not for the prestige or the money or whatever you think. It, only do it because you actually really love it and want to help other people. And you, you know, like science and medicine because yeah. it's a long road. You're going to be practicing for 30, 40 years. Yeah. Not really in it. Don't do it. It's no longer October, but let me tell you a horror story. I was working bedside as a nurse. 12 hour shifts, 12,000 to 15,000 steps per night, always exposed to dripping blood, pee, and other fluids. And guess what? I was wearing skateboarding shoes for almost a year. Because my feet were killing me, I switched to more comfortable sneakers but had to go through three pairs because I would find new stains after shifts. And over time, as the pandemic came, I was too exhausted to think about my feet or even changing my footwear. I was then introduced to Clove, and I no longer had to do the thinking. To support the steps of those who dedicate their lives to caring for others, Clove collaborated with healthcare professionals and innovative designers to create a shoe that prioritizes the needs of those in the front line. These are sneakers designed for healthcare. 
they already did the thinking. Easy to clean and fluid repellent, I no longer have to worry about those red streaks or pea-soaked socks since I use the same wipes at work to remove every stain. Just this summer, one of my patients unexpectedly bled from the radial artery access site and made a pool of my brilliant whites on the floor. A few swipes with the purple wipes, all clean and with no damage. Plus being squeak-free, I no longer have to worry about waking up a sleeping patient. Layered with comfort, sore toes are no longer my problem since the shoes are now upgraded with double the cushioning, 50% more arch support, and a perfect heel pad. On top of this, the grippiest outsole also allows for a fluid channel technology while maintaining super secure footing. And yes, it's 100% cruelty free and vegan. I love all of my clothes shoes and I hope that you can get ready to also step into your perfect pair. Use code FRANZ, that's F-R-A-N-Z or visit goclothe.com slash friends for 15% off your first pair of clothes shoes at checkout. I am no stranger to seeing patients that can't get the care they need because they can't afford it. Even if they get a medical recommendation that will help them, oftentimes, medication costs are so high it's totally out of reach, or they would have to choose between feeding their family or paying rent in order to get the medication, so people have to go without. After living through a pandemic, on some level, we all know the healthcare system in the United States is broken. That is why I am happy to see that mission-driven businesses are now taking an interest in the problem, because it's not getting solved fast enough. Better Remedies is one of those companies doing something to really meaningfully help people with medical expenses, in particular, getting their medications. Better makes over-the-counter medication, think pain, gas, cough and flu, sleep, all the essentials for your medicine cabinet. For every box of Better Remedies sold, they cover the cost of someone's life-saving medication for a month. And this is someone who would otherwise have to choose between food, rent, gas to get to work, or otherwise caring for themselves or their family. It is such an easy switch to make. You get the same great relief you need for 10% less than other big name brands, and someone who doesn't have the access to their meds will get the help they need. In general, it's good to know the active ingredients you need for your symptoms rather than just buying a big name brand. It'll save you money, and because active ingredients are FDA regulated, you'll still be getting the results you need. Plus, if you buy from Better, you are also helping someone else in a big way too. It's putting your headaches, farts, and insomnia to work. And that's something we can all feel better about. I've been buying my Better Remedies products at Walmart at any time I need to stock up. And you can do the same. Everything is priced about 10% less than the big brands, works just as well, and makes an impact on something that is really important and that I am personally very passionate about. Make the switch next time you need relief. You'll feel better and be doing some good. I think this also stems from the fact that you teach residents, right? And you also wrote chapters in textbooks. So I think you're so well-versed and so intimate in that student and professor feel. So, and you have gone through the medical journey yourself. Speaking of that, about practicing for 30 to 40 years, and I think there will always be a love for medicine in the young people, right? Like they always want to become a doctor. In this current age where healthcare has been exposed to be truly broken and there's so many dark sides of it, as also with great sides to medicine, what would be your biggest advice to someone who's always wanted to become a physician, but maybe a little wary because of how broken the system may be? You know, that's a really insightful question. The system is broken, but at the same time, it's not going to get better unless we have physicians mm -hmm. who understand the practice of medicine, the business side of medicine, to remake it better from the inside out. As long as physicians continue to try to bury their head in the mm -hmm. sand and say, oh, I don't mess with billing, I don't mess with insurance, yeah. Yeah. 
someone else take care of it. We're going to have administrators telling us how to run our practice. And you know what I mean? Like the insurance companies are making a buttload of money. Physicians make money, but it's not mm-hmm. as much as you think. Yeah. <laughs> and how much years of school and you know what yeah. I mean? Like money is being lined in the CEO pockets of the insurance companies. But I think we're not going to fix the system unless we have bright and energetic people who have a passion for wanting to fix the system. Yeah, your words like that, it's really an encouragement that we are the ones who are to make the change, right? From generation to generation, there is a lot of changes to be made. And I think it's also in the current days that we're seeing so many changes as well, especially with the pandemic. I think even how grave and how dark the times are, it's like we saw so many things exposed in the light and we can shine a light on those too, right? on all of those issues. And so yeah, I wanted to get into the details of anesthesiology. Where did this liking for the specialty come from? Oh, well, I was the medical student that no matter what specialty I was rotating, through, <laughs> I wanted to do. So, you know, me on pediatrics, I wanted to be a pediatrician. You caught me on surgery, I wanted to be a surgeon. And then I did anesthesia, which is sort of like a little bit of medicine, Mm. a little bit of surgery, but I'm not the one doing the surgery. Mm. And you get to take care of patients from young to old. And sometimes the surgeries are little and not that involved. Mm. Sometimes it's like a huge, big surgery. And it just felt like it was different every day. You know, they Mm. say variety is the spice of life. And I grew in anesthesia. Also, I do not like clinic. I'm a very person who doesn't like to wait and so I was in clinic like derm clinic and they would have like 40 patients on the schedule and I'm like oh my god I can't it's like but hell no it's easy have one patient at a time like yeah, sure. with one patient who's having surgery my sole priority is to take mm-hmm. care of one patient and yeah. I love that sort of like short but intense relationship with the patient you mm-hmm. know we're like caring for them like I tell people when I'm consenting them, like, I'm going to be your guardian angel during surgery. I take care of you. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to take care of you as if you were my family member. Yeah, I love like, that. So anesthesia, like, you know, I tell people medical specialty choosing is like dating. <laughs> You're, you know, I liked pediatrics. Like, yeah. I, liked, I liked this guy. I liked that guy. But when <laughs> I did it on anesthesia, I was like, oh. He's the one. <laughs> he's the one. This is the man Mary. I love at first sight. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess through all of your years of practice now, and even obviously in medical school, you have clerkship where you see patients and residency, all of those, there's a minimum of 10,000 hours of patient experience. And I think for anesthesiology, right, there's, I guess, a checklist of how many procedures you have to do, hours of procedures. It's probably an impossible question, but is there a top one memory that you will never forget in any of your medical experience, whether it's a medical student or a resident or a practicing attending where it's either the most wild or when you were the most scared, the most embarrassed. Is there that top one that you can really forget? I mean, there's so many. (laughs) There's been times where we've had someone like die on the table and, you know, do chest compressions. And also I'm thinking, oh, this guy's, dead and i mean he was for several minutes yeah and then a few days later you know i'll visit them in the icu and they're like sitting up eating ice chips and i'm like oh my god i was like sir there is somebody upstairs who's looking at you because you were dead for a whole like 11 minutes (laughs) you know and i 
for those things. Yeah, I mean, medicine is so interesting. I must say, when I was working in cardiac surgery, stepped down in the hospital, one of my patients went into a code for two hours and we had to like crack the chest open in the bedside and they were like massaging the heart. They were like pushing epi straight to the atrium and the patient survived. And I'm like, this is so amazing. Like, I, I mean, yeah, and it's just beautiful with also medical technology and the advancements in science can do throughout the years, right? I mean, I, I had a live stream for a podcast episode with Dr. Jellery Stenbakken, who's another anesthesiologist, I think a year ago. And we were always joking with, before anesthesia was invented, I, I wonder how patients were put to sleep. And she was like, I don't know, maybe they just smacked them to sleep or something like that. <laughs> like a fork. With a fork. Have you seen that meme? And, yeah. and those are beautiful. Like, Again, the medical sphere is so beautiful. And I think you show that beauty too by making all of this funny TikToks and funny Instagram reels about medicine. But other than the world of medicine, you're like Hannah Montana, Doc. You, you have like a whole <laughs> other life outside of medicine too. And I, I saw your live stream with Dr. Pamela earlier where you were saying how it's great to empower women also outside of medicine, but it's also great to empower women through medicine and in medicine. And I think you show that empowerment so beautifully, even the darkest of days, you show how light and lively medicine can be. But I also wanted to talk Dr. Tiffany Moon outside of Dr. Tiffany Moon. I mean, we have a real housewife of Dallas here. And, you know, I wanted to ask, because especially in the Asian culture, right, what, what I noticed is, especially for physicians, I think there's this social expectation where it's like prim and proper, you know, white coat. It's like so quiet to go into hospital and you see patients. And for you, it's kind of like loud on, on social media, right? Like I saw the Balenciaga walk that you did uh, on TikTok and Instagram. As someone who is a physician and is a mom and entrepreneur, and you also have whole um, TV personality and social media presence. How do you create the demarcation line between Dr. Tiffany Moon and, you know, the Real Housewives TV, social media, Dr. Tiffany Moon? I mean, that's just the thing. I don't think there is a demarcation. Yeah. The, the same person that puts people yeah. to and does CPR is the yeah. same home and makes TikToks is the same person that, you know, donates her time at charity galas is the yeah. same it's my kids to sleep at night. Like we're mm -hmm. all person. Yeah. I think, you know, before I decided to go on housewives and, you know, do more social media, I was like, Oh, should I? Because mm -hmm. what if people think differently of me or what if people don't mm -hmm. trust doctor because they mm -hmm. just really TikTok or something, you know? And my husband was like, but that's who you are. Yeah. Like, you know, why don't you show people all the different sides of you instead of just one facet of you? Yeah. They don't like it. That's their problem. Yeah. yeah. Like making a TikTok does not make you any less of a doctor. And yeah. he'd rather go to a doctor that's happy yeah. and grounded yeah, than one miserable and strict all the time, you know? Yeah, definitely. Having worked as a nurse in cardiac surgery recovery and outpatient interventional cardiology, I learned that listening is a vital part of the field. But beyond listening to what patients say, it is also important to hear what they don't say. And many times, you can hear this in the stillness and quietness of the room as their chest thumps and rhythms that can range from normalcy to urgency. 
A person's heartbeat is not only a sign of life, but also a sign of its quality. According to the CDC, arrhythmias, or abnormal heart sounds, have an expected prevalence of about 1.5% in the general population, with atrial fibrillation being the most common. This is why it is so important that we can adequately hear and detect heart and even lung sounds that may be detrimental to human life. ECHO provides smart digital stethoscopes, such as the 3M Letman Core Digital Stethoscope, that help you check for signs of heart and lung disease in seconds during physical exams with unprecedented enhanced stethoscope sound and automated detection. This is all through a quick pairing with your mobile device. This is made possible by features such as having up to 40 times amplification, active noise cancellation, wireless listening, auto-triggered heart murmur and atrial fibrillation detection, and real-time visualization of sound and ECG that you can share as a consult with a trusted colleague or specialist. Every patient encounter deserves exceptional care. Hear clearly and care confidently with ECHO. The virtual space is flooded with so many different brands, resources, and gears made for healthcare workers from all disciplines. From scrubs to pins and even compression talks, it can truly get overwhelming trying to find the best product fit for you. Links to these items can get lost, and the list can get so long that you forget what you actually needed to purchase for your next work shift. This is why I am so grateful to partner with Lumify, the community marketplace for healthcare workers all in one app. Finding the brands you love, discovering new tools, and accessing your resources and communities shouldn't be difficult. Instead of going to 50 different websites to access what you need, you can find it all on Lumify, where over 200 brands, organizations, and resources are united with one goal, to support healthcare workers. As a nurse-founded company, Lumify believes that all healthcare professionals deserve a trusting and supportive community of their peers. In Lumify, you can easily communicate with your peers to trade advice, share product recommendations, and discuss what resources are best to support you. You can even earn Lumify points on every purchase you complete, which you can save for product discounts. Whether it's mental health resources, or fluid-resistant shoes, high clove, or stethoscopes, high echo, or podcasts, welcome to France of France, Lumify is trusted by over 75,000 healthcare professionals at the bedside and beyond, including myself. Enter this new healthcare ecosystem where you can get 10% off using the code LUMIFYFRANZ, that's L-U-M-I-F-Y-F-R-A-N-Z, at LUMIFYCARE.com or the Lumify app available for download on iOS devices. It's a one-stop shop, and I hope you drop by. I think you are the paradigm also of why I started this podcast series as well. Because I wanted to show that people in healthcare and medicine, like, we can also do so many things, right? Just because you're a doctor, like, your life doesn't stop. Like, even if you're a medical student, you can still be a dancer. You can be a yoga teacher. You can be a real housewife of Dallas on TV, right? And think from the surgical lights in the OVARs and anesthesiologists to the camera lights as a TV personality, I can't also imagine the burden it could be of one just people's lives and also people's impressions and expectations of you, both as a doctor and again as as a media personality. How do you compress out of all of those expectations and if there are any decompression that needs to be done? I mean, the funny thing is the decompression is the box <laughs> being silly and. Yeah. The- pretense would be to pretend that I'm this buttoned up straight laced you know I'm not I'm really silly and I like to have fun so Mm -hmm. I'm really just being myself (laughs) yeah yeah definitely I I think aside from all of the funny tiktok oh hello you've got 
We got oh, it. It's Christmas <laughs> season. <laughs> yeah, we just went Christmas shopping. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they have a they have a Christmas tree put up already, dog. No, we're we're getting ready. I know. I know. Oh my god! It's such a special time for the kids. Like we yeah. have. No, I, I I never had a Christmas tree growing up. My parents didn't mm-hmm. celebrate Christmas, and and so now because I have young children and because it's yeah. so them, I'm like, oh, let's do all the things. And yeah, that you know, didn't do for them. And yeah. honestly, part of it is for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. You know? I mean, it's just so fun to like decorate the Christmas tree and just putting it up. And I guess it's also just a great family gathering as well, right? J- just, I- just. When, when my kids are older in college or have kids of their own, I want them to be like, oh, in Christmas time, when I was little, my mom would like put up this yeah. big tree yeah. and put all this garland and we had nutcracker at the door. Yeah. I want them to yeah. raise because I don't yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just, like create childhoods for them mm-hmm. that I wish I had had. Now, yeah. do I go a little overboard sometimes? <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, I, I, I should. own it to be a little extra sometimes, but that's also because I have so much passion and exuberance. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like it's too much, you know, yeah. I bring it back. But it comes from a good place. Yeah, and that's what we love about you, honestly. I mean, even like having that small little <laughs> bag, I'm just like, this is amazing. Like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> Or like you paid how much for that? Like, what does it hold? A Tic Tac? And I'm like, sure. I mean, sure. it doesn't matter. It holds all my hopes and dreams. Yeah, That's- yeah. <laughs> in all of that small pocket, every the secrets of the world are all boxed in, right? And not- you have to have fun with life, you know, because yeah. I've worked so hard to be where I yeah. am. So blessed in so many ways, but I just, I don't know. I'm just ready to have fun and let loose in this next stage of my life because the first. God, 30 years of my life was like, you know, doing everything that everyone expected mm-hmm. of me and being a good girl, going to school, you know, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. How am I going to start living my life like for myself and just yeah. let my let loose? Yeah. And that's why we love you, Doc. You are so raw. You are so real. And, you know, there's one day in, in this video, there's a young girl out there who has gone through what you've gone through is watching you and sees your inspiration. And, and that story is very real, right? Where they might think they cannot get out of the situation they are, like family situation or not. What would be your message for a young girl or a young person in general who feels like their life is boxed and that there's no hope for them to dream big and yet you've shown that it's possible? It's definitely possible. Don't let anyone box you in and tell you that you cannot do something. You know, if anything, let that be the fire that propels you forward to show them that you indeed can do anything and you will. And when you get there, you'll look back and say, see, I told you so. Yes. And Dr. Moon, you are such an inspiration to many and you are such an inspiration to me. You're such a joy in the social media community and I, I just love how real you are and i'm so grateful that you took the time to speak to me today and and thank you for the candle I mean, it's like you're the so best yeah i'm working on a holiday candle right now so stay tuned we're gonna release that probably next there, there we go dr moon thank you Bye. so much for your time i hope you have a great rest of the night as you decorate and you put up your tree and decorate it thank you dr moon have a great night
Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. We have now reached the end of the story. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Friends of France. I hope you had an enjoyable adventure learning about our expert guests, their work, and why they do the things that they do. Please check out the rest of the series available on all podcast platforms. Please also consider following the podcast on the platform that you prefer. Turn on the alerts for new episodes so you don't miss new stories. And give us a rating to support the show. You can find more updates on the podcast's official Instagram at Friends of France Pod or my personal Instagram at Chris Franz. That's without the I because there is no I in team. <laughs> I'm kidding. Someone already took the username. Have a great day or night, everybody.